He is jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath A weight of his wind and mercy God loves you And he loves you with a love That you don't even know anything about Because there is no human love Comparable to divine love God loves you He wants to forgive you He wants to have fellowship with you It doesn't make any difference How far you tried to run from God He loves you His eye is on you He sees you God created us in his image And you as a person Are important to God The Bible says that God Has the hairs of your head numbered Every moment of your life is watched by God. Oh, how he loves us so. When Jesus Christ was nailed to that cross, he did that for you. That's how much he loves us. The Bible says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, forever and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. God loves you. And God has a plan for your life. cares for you more. There's no one who loves you like he does. There's no one who is able to help you in the way that he is able to help you. He loves you simply because he created you. You're his treasure and and God loves you. He loves, loves, loves you. And today we're continuing this message series, Praying Without, Pray Without Ceasing. And over the next several weeks, we're talking about prayer. And prayer is communicating with this God who loves you. And uh, I want to take a minute to, to look at this simple definition and to kind of unpack it because there's so much here. Prayer is communicating with God. Oh, we don't pray to people, do we? we? We might talk with people, we communicate with people, but we pray to God. And we pray to God because God is higher and greater 
and worthy of worship. Everything has its beginning and its ending in God. Scripture tells us that everything was created by God and for God. Uh, He holds everything in his hands. He holds it all together. And, And there is nothing that can thwart his ultimate will for us. So, so it's God that we go to in prayer. And we're all at different places in our spiritual journeys. And if you're just beginning to explore faith, or maybe you come from a background where, you know, God was seen as this aloof being who set things in motion, and he's not really active in our world anymore, I invite you this morning to, to listen with an open mind and a heart as we talk about the God of the Bible, the God who loves you and knows you completely and has made a way for us to communicate with him and know him. The God of the Bible wants a relationship with us that's real and a daily reality. But here's the thing about prayer. Because prayer is talking to God, who's invisible and spiritual, uh, a spiritual being, then this presents us with both possibilities and challenges. The possibilities are endless because God is all-powerful, right? Uh, He can do anything. There is nothing that is impossible with God. God is all-knowing. He knows your circumstances. He knows your situation. He knows everything about your life. God is present. He's all present. Uh, That means wherever you are, you can talk to God. There's no boundaries. There's no place that you can go that God isn't there, that God can't hear you, that that God won't listen to you. I heard a thing this week that uh, as long as there are exams, there will always be prayer in school, right? God God is everywhere. Uh, there, and, and you know, because God is all-knowing, it doesn't matter how fumbling your prayer is or even if you can form it into words, God knows it. He knows your need. There's all these possibilities because of who God is. But there are also challenges, and one of those is God's holiness. Uh, Joanne Osborne asked the question, what if God was one of us just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. As thought-provoking as that might be for some, the Bible gives us a very different picture, that God is not like us, that he's transcendent, that he's holy. And one of the many scriptures that illustrates this is Exodus 15:11, where we read, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders? God is majestic in holiness. And this is good news because his holiness means that there is no darkness in him. There's no shadow or turning in him. God is completely good. Uh, His nature is unchanging. He's steadfast. We can trust that he'll always do right because God is holy. That's who God is. But here's the challenge, and and it's found in many scriptures as as well, but the writer of Hebrews says it pretty succinctly. 
Uh, he says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's Hebrews twelve fourteen. Without holiness, we can't come into the presence of God. God is holy and pure, and, and there's no sin in him. And the problem is that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there's good news. And um, the book that we're studying in our small groups, The Battle Plan for Prayer, it has an icon or a little logo on the front. And right at the beginning of the book, it explains what that uh, logo symbolizes. And it says, at the center of it is the cross. Through the cross, Jesus made a way for unholy people to have access to a holy God. God sent his son in the likeness of human beings, like us, except for he uh, did life perfectly. He, he never sinned. And yet, the weight of sin was put on him on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21, some of the hardest words for me to read. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. God made him who, who, who was perfectly righteous, perfectly good, uh, to be sin on our behalf. He went to the cross for us so that, and here's the good news, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So that we could have the righteousness of God. So that we could be holy. And when God looked at his beloved son, he, he saw the sin of the world and and God condemned sin and sinful man so that we could be made holy, so that we could know and love this good God who loves us. Romans 3.22 says, We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. Uh, that free gift is right there. All you have to do is accept it and say, Jesus, I believe you, did, you died for me, and I accept what you've done for me on the cross. Through the cross, Jesus opened the door to heaven so that we could know and love this God, this God that loves us. Jesus made a way for us to have a relationship with God. That's the starting place for prayer. And as you look at that bullseye, uh, you see the vertical line up across the, the center there. And, and that vertical line represents that relationship with God through Christ. That's the most important part about prayer, developing the relationship with God. And, and we pray to grow closer to God. To, we pray to seek more of God, to know him and to love him in a deeper way. Because of Jesus, we, we can pray knowing that God hears our prayers. We have access to the throne room of God, and God invites us to pray. Uh, we pray to know God better, to thank him, express our ordination, our adoration, but we also pray to accomplish God's purposes. Uh, we long to see Jesus' prayer answered, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in the, the time that we have left, I, I want to look at some of the essentials to effective prayer uh, so that we can pray and see more of God's activity in our life, to see God glorified more and more in us. So in your message notes, there's five keys to effective prayer. 
And of course, God is mysterious. He's a holy God, and, and he decides. But these are some things that we can do to, to make our prayers more effective. And the first is to pray uh, led by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Pray in Jesus' name. Jesus, when he gave his life for us and he was raised in power, God gave him authority over heaven and earth. All authority is yours. And there's power in the name of Jesus. And when we pray in Jesus' name, we're praying as his representative on earth. It's not just this thing we tag on to the end of our prayer. We're praying in Jesus' name as, as his representative. John fourteen fourteen says, You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. John sixteen twenty three says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Jesus says that we can ask and he'll answer. Uh, but as you read the, these passages in their context, we see that this isn't a blank check. Uh, we're asking on the authority of Jesus' name for the things that Jesus wants done. Okay? So effective prayer that Jesus says God will answer is prayer that's in agreement with God's will and purposes. That's, that's the second um, uh, point there. To, to pray effectively, we need to pray in agreement with God's will. God doesn't answer every prayer we pray. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, but we can know that he'll answer prayers that are according to his will. And it, it might not look like what we thought it will, but he'll answer it. Uh, in John first, uh, John first John, John first, sorry, sounding like John Donald Trump. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not telling you how to vote. All right. <laughs> first John five fourteen and fifteen. This is what it says. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So th there, this is something uh, I think that we all struggle with at some point in our prayer life. You know, I want to pray bold prayers, and uh, I, I want to move mountains and have the faith to, you know, pray big, audacious prayers. But often I'll get to the end of that mountain-moving prayer, and, and I'll think, but what if it isn't God's will? You know, well, have you ever been there? You just, well, but what if it's not God's will? And that flashes through my mind. And God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But that doesn't mean that we can't know what his will is and pray with confidence. So I want to quickly lift up three questions that we can ask of our prayers so that we can have more confidence that we're praying in line with God's will. And the first is this, that uh, the first question is, is this prayer based on a promise? Is the prayer that I'm praying based on a promise that God has made? If, if God's promised it, he'll do it. Uh, he's not obligated to do things that he never said he would do, but if he promises it, he will do it. And, and you can know if God's made a promise concerning it that you're praying according to God's will. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Jesus Christ. 
And what I've done is uh, on the back of your message notes, I've printed some of the promises that we can know God will answer prayers that are based on those promises. Um, And I've printed that about a year ago, but I know we don't all, all keep our message notes or remember where they are or whatever. But so those are some promises that we know uh, are in line with God's will. And then uh, the second question, is what I'm asking consistent with God's character? God is never going to answer a prayer that's inconsistent with who he is. God's will is always in line with his character. And, and you can know if you're praying according to God's, you, that you're praying according to God's will when you're praying according to his character, like justice or mercy or forgiveness or unity. Those are all part of who God is and what he values. Then C, is my prayer based on scripture? Of course, not every prayer that you pray is going to be based on scripture, but one of the most powerful ways to pray is to pray scripture. And often, um, when I'm praying for somebody or about a situation, uh, I'll ask God to give me a scripture that he wants me to pray for that person or over that situation. Uh, I have scriptures I'm praying over <laughs> some of you uh, right now. And and um, when when we use scripture, when we God gives us a scripture like that and we cling to it and pray it, it's powerful. Isaiah 5, 55 10 through 11 says as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater so is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it God's word is powerful. And when you pray scripture, ask God to lead you to a scripture to pray concerning your situation. So those are some of the questions we can ask to to line up our our prayer with God's will. And God answers prayer that's in accordance with his will. He he may not answer it exactly uh, how we prayed or what exactly we prayed for, but we can have confidence that he'll answer according to his will. And then the third key to effective prayer is to pray with faith. Uh, Pray believing that God hears and answers prayer. Jesus uh, made some pretty uh, outrageous statements about faith and prayer. And we read in Matthew 17, 20, he says, Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Uh, According to Jesus, the the faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. And, you know, we usually think of this uh, means that a little bit of faith will do big things. But there's more to it than that. Jesus is saying if we take a seed of faith, and drop it into an impossible situation, before the story is over, that seed will grow through every obstacle, break rocks apart, and come popping up. And I don't know what the circumstances are in all of uh, you all's lives, 
But I challenge you to drop a seed of faith into it today, to, to, to be patient, to, to wait on the Lord and see what good God will bring about. Uh, in that battle plan for prayer book, the author talks about the, the need to pray specific prayers instead of praying these general things like, God, help me, which is sometimes all we can get out. <laughs> or, you know, it's just the emergency prayer. But, but to grow your, space, your, your faith in, in Christ, uh, I challenge you to get more sp- specific. Jesus invites us to do just that in this, this scripture. He says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, mountain. Right? A very specific prayer. Go, you go from here to over, to over there. And, and when we pray specific prayers, then we're more likely to, to be aware of the answer when it comes, right? But, but we need to communicate clearly um, what, what we want. Clear communication is important. Uh, this last week, I was making a grocery list for Forrest to take to the grocery store with him. And while I was making the list, he mentioned that he couldn't find his hammer. He's been helping with the renovation at Bellevue, and he's been all through the church, all through both of our houses, which makes it difficult because you look at one, you think it must be at the other, you go there. and Anyway, he said, I've looked everywhere. I can't find the hammer. So I'm making the grocery list, and I write hammer on the list. And uh, he was going to go to Lowe's and get a hammer. Well, he comes home with the groceries, and he starts to unpack them. And he pulls out two um, things of hummus. (laughs) We don't eat hummus. Uh, It's not usually on my list of things. And he says, I didn't know which flavor you wanted or what kind you wanted because we never get this, so I got two. And uh, uh, I said, well, why in the world did you get hummus? And he pulls out the list and he points. It says hummus right here. I said, no, that, that says hammer, honey. And so uh, be specific and clear about what your need is. And there's this story, you know, in Mark 10 where Jesus and this whole crowd of people, they're, they're leaving the city of Jericho. And as they're leaving, there's a blind man there begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus that was passing by, he began to shout out to him and ask for mercy and and to, to be noticed. And so Jesus says this. He stopped and he called him. And they said to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus And Jesus said this, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So this blind man asked Jesus for mercy. And it's obvious that he's blind, right? It seems obvious what the answer would be but Jesus says to him what do you want me to do for you uh, he, he wants the man to identify what it is that he wants and, and my question for you this morning is do you know what you want
Do you know what you want Jesus to do for you? And do you have the faith to ask for it? And, and when you ask for it, do you have the faith to keep asking for it, to, to persist in praying? Because that, that's the uh, third or fourth essential to answered prayer, is, is sometimes we'll have to persist in praying. We have to keep on asking. And it's, you know, one thing to pray. It's another thing to pray persistently about a matter, to, to continue to ask God, even if it doesn't look like God is answering, even if it doesn't look like what we had thought it would look like. Um, here's Jesus' words in Luke eleven nine and 10. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. And Jesus is sharing two important truths here. The first is that uh, we're invited to ask. He wants to do good things in our life. Uh, he wants to answer our prayers. That's the first truth. The second is there will be times when we will need to keep asking, uh, to keep seeking, uh, to keep knocking. Persisting in prayer shows that we believe that God will answer, even if it doesn't appear that he's going to do so right now. And, and Paul said this about persistence in prayer in Colossians 4.2. He says, be persistent in prayer and keep alert as you pray, giving thanks to God. Uh, keep alert and watch. And, and I had this thing I was going to do with a volunteer and stuff, but, um, you know, when, when if I ask Kent for something, he's right there and he's either going to say yes or no or, you know, I, I could use a cup of hot water right now. He'll go get it or whatever. When we ask God for something, you know, he's invisible and it's just this kind of silence. <laughs> And sometimes we have to wait, and we don't know what it's going to look like when he answers it, how he's going to answer it, who he's going to answer it through, what he's going to send, what he's going to do. And so we have to be alert and watch. Be alert and watch for the answer to come, knowing that God will answer. And, and the fifth key, then, is to continue to trust God. Continue to trust God as you're waiting and watching. Because God's timing is not always our timing. There will be times when things don't seem to be turning out as we hoped. There will be times when things aren't turning out as we hoped. But we walk by faith, not by sight. And God's promises to work everything together for the good of those who love him. We may not understand his purposes this side of heaven, but we can trust his goodness. And so we don't give up. Our memory verse in this series is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Let's close with it today, all right? Let's read together. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Would you pray with me? God, we, we are so thankful that you love us, that you've made it so clear to us through your son Jesus, and, and that you want us to pray, to, to come to you, 
to draw near to you. And you promise that when we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. And so today, God, I, I ask that if there's anybody here that has something on their heart, that they'll just lay it down this morning before you, that they'll trust you with it. And I pray, Father, that you'll continue to work out your good purposes in every life. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.